Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. Yeah, boy, it's August 9th, and it's episode 162, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is the official podcast of the FantasyFootballAuction.com, the internet's only all-auction website. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Fantasy Auction. we got a great show for you tonight. I was going to say all three of us are here, but there's actually four of us here tonight uh, making my triumphant uh, return from uh, uh, from Asia, we got uh, the, our two boys here, but more importantly, we've got a guest on tonight. Tonight we got Jody Smith. Uh, you can follow him at Jody Smith NFL on Twitter. Jody Smith of uh, Gridiron Experts. Uh, he's got some exciting news. Maybe he can drop with us uh, tonight. He finished first in the overall rankings on Fantasy Pros in 2012, which uh, is uh, no small feat. He's uh, been featured on NFL Network, uh, Sirius XM, and the Football Diehards magazine, and uh, did some uh, fantasy index he was letting us know earlier tonight. Jody, how's it going tonight? It's going fantastic. I was able to make it to halftime of the uh, Texans opening preseason game. So that was uh, really, really fun to watch Deshaun Watson out there. But uh, thanks for the warm intro. Uh, did a great job covering uh, most of the uh, useless uh, information that I <laughs> love to offer to people. There, there you go. And the uh, um, Slim, the Kelvin Benjamin touchdown. Will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? We're going to have a problem here. Don't. I haven't watched. I've been so <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to watch Hard Knocks. No, it's okay. I mean, no, who would know? And I, I figured that after we started, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, man, Jody's probably pissed. He's missing this Texans game right now, or he's probably going to have it on in the background or something like that. But, yeah, I'm going to watch it here after. I got a PVR. I'm going to watch Hard Knocks and then probably rip off this preseason game just for something to do to lull myself to sleep. <laughs> well, but, yeah, there you go. Looking forward All right, so to I it, guess – Slim's already on Blister. How's it going tonight? Excellent. Yeah, I had the game on myself, but I've been kind of glancing up at it. I don't have a very good angle here, and we got it too quiet, so I can't hear all the excitement. But uh, I'll catch up with it better later, too. I've got nothing on, as you can see from my beautiful backdrop for all six of you who ever watched YouTube. Basement. My flooded <laughs> basement. I'm cornered in my uh, unfinished laundry room. It's awesome. It's uh, awesome. But... Actually, I don't mind the acoustics in here. I might have to uh, make a change here. Maybe put up a green screen behind me, and I can have a, have, make it look nice. like a studio. There you go. Anyways, hey, Jody, why don't you tell our uh, listeners uh, a little bit about yourself uh, outside of what I just did, and um, uh, tell them what you've been up to lately. Uh, well, I am a 26-year veteran of fantasy football, the last, I believe, seven of which I have been in writing and podcasting and uh, various pursuits uh, via gridiron experts. Um, last year, I started writing also for uh, USA Today's uh, Texans Wire, and uh, I actually got uh, credentials and went into training camp and covered nice. the Texans uh, daily. So uh, that was pretty cool. And it's something that I've really thought about expanding out on is actually getting into 
real football. But uh, for fantasy this year, I actually am kind of opening myself up more. And uh, we talked a little bit off the air how I've uh, accepted a role with uh, Fanball this year, which was uh, – you know, kind of a dream come true for a, an old crafty veteran like myself who used to uh, really, really enjoy Fanball's work and uh, the Fantasy Index, which is something else that, uh, you know, kind of in a dream come true kind of way, I was able to uh, get involved in the uh, magazine last year and then again this year where I actually got to do the auction and and the draft. So uh, really exciting things. It just feels like um, it's taken a lot of work, uh, you know, to kind of uh, – Stand out, I guess, in the fantasy writing yeah. business, and, e- and each and every year, there's just so many more young, uh, really, really brilliant, talented uh, writers and analyst people that come out, and uh, it's it can be intimidating, but it's nice that uh, I've been able to carve out a little bit of a role, and and uh, I'm just so excited that football's here because uh, I'm ready to uh, just start tearing some things apart here, and I'm working on a whole bunch of stuff awesome. right now, and I'm sure you guys are too. Well, a uh, couple of things. First, Blister and Slim, I don't know what we're not doing uh, correctly here. We got uh, Jody who's breaking out. We had JJ Olsen. He was, oh, I'm going to announce him on number fire when he, when, you know, just after we have him on. We have Matt Harmon on, and then a few weeks later, he's working for the NFL Network, and I'm in my unfinished uh, laundry room uh, recording a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys are the good luck charm. Everyone listening is gonna all gonna want to get booked on your show. Uh, yeah, there, there you go. And uh, and and second, I uh, was uh, doing doing my research, Jody, uh, while I was driving across the country. And uh, um, one thing that really stood out to me, uh, um, I don't know if it was in uh, your last pod or the pod before. I don't know if it was with uh, Rumford or with Riggs, but uh, uh, Aerosmith hater. That, you scored a lot of points for me there, buddy. <laughs> oh, nice, man. Uh, I'm not a fan of any of the bands. That was with Rummy. I gave him a choice of all bands that, that I thought were terrible, but actually I believe it was uh, what Aerosmith, Kiss, and Sticks. And uh, so, uh, unfortunately right. of, that, of that group – Rummy was was dead right because he said, "Hey, sticks is cheesy, but that's their angle. They know they're right. cheesy. Whereas yeah. there's this group of delusional people that actually think Kiss is good. And, and you know, not to offend anyone here that's in this group that might be Kiss fans, but if it wasn't <laughs> no, for the makeup, they would have never been anything. They're just uh, yeah. it just doesn't work for me. And uh, Rummy, I thought did a great job of breaking down why Aerosmith doesn't really work. And we're all here. We all talk a little bit before we start a record. We're all a little yeah. bit younger, I think, than uh, what Aerosmith uh, would have mattered when they were a, a legitimate, true uh, yeah. hard rock band, say in the seventies. Because I think we all kind of grew up with the the more uh, cheesy Aerosmith, the one that started doing all the ballads for the movies, yeah. and uh, it just yeah, doesn't yeah, work yeah. for me. I could stay away. Just to hear you breathing. <laughs> well, yeah, so when I heard that, I was like, uh, mental note while I'm driving uh, on the Trans Canada, I got to make sure that I bring that up because it was uh, it, w- it was wicked. Oh, I'm going to talk auction, but uh, Aerosmith hating it was uh, was good. Anyways, uh, on from hating to loving, uh, that we'll get this thing rolling. I'll uh, drop the little line here. So if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. Cock the hammer. Cock the hammer. It's time for action. 
So, Jody, like we said, going on to loving, you're loving your Texans. Uh, you're saying you got some credentials. You're doing some writing. Uh, any hidden gems you can give us auction people about what you're seeing in Houston right now? Well, we just saw the first half of, of, of the first preseason game. I thought Deshaun Watson looked pretty good, but my expectations remain that Tom Savage is going to uh, win the opening quarterback job. And, and well, you know what we've seen out of Bill O'Brien the last couple of years is he definitely has developed a little bit of a quick hook when it comes to his quarterback. So it would be no surprise at all for Watson to get in there. And Tom Savage, uh, you know, he's entering his fourth year. He's spent plenty of time on IR and he's gotten hurt and he's still looking to throw his first professional touchdown pass. So it's not like he's a proven commodity. Uh, actually, in my opinion, Tom Savage is more of the same, which we've seen here in Houston, which is mediocre uh, veteran quarterbacks who just over time just aren't really getting it done. So uh, my expectation is that at least at some time uh, Tom Savage will end up either being benched for being ineffective or he'll get hurt and Watson will get in there. I think uh, unless – Watson himself gets hurt. Once you go to the rookie in that situation, you got to stick with them. So if Watson gets in, uh, then that'll probably be it for Tom Savage. It's a contract year for him anyway. But, uh, you know, from my kind of untrained but kind of trained eye, uh, I'm not real optimistic of Houston's offense yet again this year. To me, this is it looks like <laughs> more of the same, which unfortunately uh, is going to be another nine and seven season. I do like mm. that they they managed to establish. Maybe with Foreman, they can get a second running back in there, and that can open things up. But uh, I, I don't have a lot to tell you, you know, from an optimistic standpoint. I do like New Hopkins this year. If uh, if Savage is able to hold on to the quarterback job, that'll that'll bode really well for uh, Hopkins, who has been outspoken about his support of Savage. And when you look at the couple of games that uh, Tom Savage played last season that he actually started, uh, Hopkins had his biggest target game and his biggest uh, yards receiving game under under Savage's watch. So that would bode, bode well for uh, New Hopkins moving forward. All right. I like it. Slim, I like it. Yeah, man. I mean, I know you do. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was wondering, though. Is Savage going to be kind of like um, the Brian Hoyer that was to Hopkins, where it was just like, "Here's I'm force feeding you targets. I don't care who's like, I don't know." Osweiler didn't seem willing to do that. I'm I'm just hoping Savage would be that kind of guy. At least he kind of looked maybe to me. But I mean, Jody's seen way more Texan stuff than than I have. So well, this is something that I tell people when it comes to one of the first uh, weeks, the, the, one of the first practices I was there uh, last year. So we're there, and the Texans are running. It's it's kind of three quarter speed. It's kind of full speed, but they get in there and they put Savage in. It's a two minute drill, so they start on their own twenty. And it takes Savage, excuse me, it took Brock Osweiler, uh, six, seven, eight plays to get the team basically down in, inside the opposing 40. Not a very good job. And then they came in, and I want to say this particular day that Brandon Whedon was the second quarterback that came in, and within two plays he was in the end zone with Hopkins. So, uh, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of alarming to see. And you were seeing very early on with Osweiler, he was having problems with, uh, the progressions and the things that actually were problematic all year, we were seeing early on. And I remember 
standing next to somebody that was in, uh, I think it was with NFL.com, somebody that was in national media was sitting, was, was standing within earshot of me and I heard them say, this, this is a big miss. Uh, they, they missed on, on this. And it turns out that, you know, unfortunately they were absolutely right. Yeah. It's so hard because it sets them back for so long too because of all that cash and like it's hard, hard to fight your way back from those decisions. Well, essentially, you know, Osweiler basically cost them their first two picks uh, next year as well, in addition yeah. to the money that they already paid him because they had to trade a second just to offload him. And then, obviously, you traded up to to get his potential successor. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's something that's going to affect them for, uh, you know, at least two more years. Wow. All right. Tough stuff. All right. Well, okay. So enough of the uh, Houston Insider talk, which is good. We should have a separate podcast just on that because, uh, you know, the Dynasty fans would love that. The Redraft fans would love that. But let's move into auction because I think that's why people are here, not for our mindless banter, I'm sure. Um, Jody, you just said you were in the uh, Fantasy Index auction. Uh, what is it about auction that, uh, you know, I've seen a lot, a lot more buzz going on about auction. What is it about off the, uh, auction that you're loving? Well, with auction, to me, it, it kind of separates uh, people that are more inexperienced, and it kind of takes more of the luck out of the situation. You know, it, it doesn't take much for uh, you to sit back and just make one out of every 12 picks, you know, to just sit right. back and just take the best available player. Auction's, uh, you know, a totally different uh, monster in that you need to the work. You need to know a little bit about players, what their expectations are in your opinion, but also you've got to know those values because you can't just sit back and blindly start throwing out bids trying to outbid people because that can be a dangerous game as you guys know. Um, I just love about auction as you know, it, like I said, it just takes out the the, the noobs that, as it would be. The people that get lucky. Uh, auction generally is pretty intimidating for people that have never tried it. So uh, I like that that people that are willing to take that chance uh, to try an auction league. Uh, generally speaking, uh, from what you guys, I'm sure you've heard this plenty of times. Once people try auction, they kind of don't want to go back to uh, drafts. Absolutely. You, you, you kind of just want to ex- expand that forward. And I wish I could get my uh, my Elvis football league, which we founded back in '91. I wish I could get those old men that play with me to consider <laughs> auctions or, well, a, a number of different changes I'd like to consider. But auction would be primary for me if I could get them to do it. Now, I know I'm going to, to meet t- it's complete resistance to that, but it's just it's just a whole different competitive thing. It just requires a lot more work, in my opinion, of uh, getting ready for the auction and, and the, the added strategy of, of knowing – how much you want to spend on each position and not getting caught running out of money or having too much money at the end of it. I just love the the whole added strategy of it. So what type of strategies when like, let's say you're running into that uh, fantasy index auction, like what, what type of strategies were you looking at when you're heading in there? Well, I can tell you exactly my approach for that auction. This might be unique as of other auctions because I had some kind of data to use in front of me. What I mean by that was I was able to look at the previous issues auction. Well, first off, I was in that auction, so I knew what to expect. So when you actually know what to expect, that actually can help calm your nerves and give you an idea uh, of what you're facing. But I actually had the values in front of me. So what I actually did was go back and I charted uh, you know, for example, Aaron Rodgers was the number one quarterback. He went for, I don't know, $40. So I knew the QB1 in this auction is probably worth 40 The right. QB2 was worth 36 The QB3 was worth 20, 29 and so on. I, yeah. I charted that for each position. So it kind of gave me 
uh, you know, a starting point uh, of where the tiers are first off. And then also all I did was plugged in those values next to my own rankings. Okay. So that gave me a determined value. So whatever wide receiver, like let's say Brandon Cooks, uh, he, the wide receiver 12 in, in my projections and last year in the fantasy index auction, the wide receiver 12 went for say $21. Well, boom, there was my value for Brandon Cooks says my wide receiver 12 should be worth 21 bucks. So that's what I did. I just uh, laid out data that, that was available to me, which is, like I said, probably kind of a unique situation, but what it gave me was a pretty strict uh, budget. So I knew as the, the auction starts proceeding, uh, I knew exactly what my number was going to be and to really not go over it. And, and not once in the entire auction did I actually go over uh, any of the values that I nice. actually had laid out. Nice. Uh, so Blister, I was just going to say like, that's something that we have the luxury of in our, you know, friend, friends league that, uh, you know, we know kind of where guys go all the time, but like last night we just did, uh, um, the Monday mock, well, not last night, sorry, two nights ago, the, um, Monday mock and we go in there with a bunch of, bunch of strangers. Um, how do you tackle something like that when you're going in with strangers blister? Well, you really, I, I was thinking about that as you were getting that question. I think you got to expect the unexpected. I was kind of blown away by the prices some of the guys were going for. Um, I know it was a two QB mock, but I just can't imagine still, you know, spending 70 or $80 on my two quarterbacks. And those, I mean, they're spending 20 some bucks on, you know, a quarterback 12, a quarterback 15, it seemed like it was, it was, beyond imaginable so i think you have to that's where you really have to be flexible and and like jody said you need to go in and and determine what is your value you know you have your ranks and how much you feel you should be paying and 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 kind of have that to be you know you go in feeling comfortable then in your auction and with whatever happens you can kind of look and say no i'm not prepared to pay that and if a lot of guys are going for a lot more money than you'd expect eventually that well is going to dry up you know they're not going to have the money to spend down the road and you know, you're going to, you could be sitting there with a lot of cash and a lot of quality players still out there. You might have, you know, maybe you had budgeted, uh, 25 bucks or something for your running back two or your wide receiver two, but all of a sudden because of all, everyone else has spent so much on all the wide receiver ones, maybe he's only going to cost you 12. And then right. unfortunately you might end up at a situation where you have a little bit of money left over. But if you did in that situation and it was because you were purchasing great value along the way, then I don't think you can be too upset with that. Sure. Hey, uh, Slim, anything from um, Monday night that uh, struck you some way? Um, not terribly. I mean, I was thinking about what Jody said, though, and I think he hit the nail on the head. Like, you take your – and to kind of echo what Blister just said, he had the luxury of knowing roughly what certain, you know, QB5s and whatever, QB1s would go for. But then – yeah, you take your, you rank your players and take those ranks and kind of cross reference. Yeah, like and that's that. how you see where the values are going to, to, to come up. Like if you notice in a draft, you know, say you like Keenan Allen more than everybody else in your draft. Uh, you know, I just pick him cause he's kind of a guy people are kind of polarized on. Sure. Um, but you know, if you see that the bidding is slowing down on him and you've got him as, you know, your wide receiver 11, well, then you know, hey man, this is a guy I'm gonna kind of aggressively start to go after because his price is still way down because you know that your wide receiver eleven should cost you uh, you know, forty dollars or thirty five dollars, whatever it might be. But so yeah, I think that's a 
everybody should be doing that. I don't care what kind of league you're in, trying to get a rough idea of the price at each position and then inserting a ranking. So you know kind of rough what to, it helps you build a, a value for each player to know if they're cheap or if they're being, you know, going for more than they should. So you know when to bow out. It just, it's going to help you overall build a solid team. Right. Hey, uh, so Jody, you heading to that, uh, into that auction. What type of mindset are you going in? Is there like a certain position or a certain tier of players that you're like, you know, I'm willing to spend some big bucks on these guys heading in and then take my uh, knowledge to get some flyers later on? Or are you, uh, a little bit more of a balanced budget when you come in. What uh, what type of spending are you looking at? Well, again, this is knowing your opponent. So this is an expert's draft. So that tells me right away that I know that quarterbacks are going to go significantly cheaper than they normally would. So right. to everyone listening, that might not be the most sage advice. But in this particular strategy, what that meant to me was I knew that between quarterback, tight end, Kick, uh, kickers and defense, which I had to draft for this, that my objective is to go and spend maybe a total of 25 to 30% of my budget on all those positions combined. And that would put, uh, up to 70% of my budget to running backs and wide receivers, which are right. far more valuable. Uh, yeah. what I like to do is attack, uh, wide receivers. This is the one I'm keep referring to is a, Standard mock. So, okay. you know, it changes the receiver game a little bit, whereas you can't rely on those, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, Julian Edelman type wide receivers to help pad your stats, uh, and, and you can, you know, spread your budget out a little bit. So this kind of prioritizes guys like Odell Beckham and Mike Evans. Uh, so you, I want to make sure that I, I walk away from, ideally I wanted to walk away from that auction with two, uh, top 12 wide receivers and, you know, in an ideal world, if you can get also two top 15-ish running backs, uh, then, you know, you're off to a really good start. And as that played out, that's exactly what happened. I got Odell Beckham again and he came in, uh, in this particular strategy, he came in under budget for me again. I believe I had him budgeted at $38. This is a $200 auction and he, I believe I got him for 35. 35? And, Nice. Let me remember that. That's actually AJ Green I got for 35. Okay. AJ Green was the only guy in the entire auction that I actually paid 100% for. Everything else actually came in on my budget. Uh, Beckham was, uh, $38, $39. I'm forgetting right now, but, but still he came in slightly under, under my budget. But what came out really, really interesting in, in, in this draft and after the, uh, the, the auction, we did everyone, they pull all of us individually and I was, I got voted as the steal of the auction with Derek Carr, which is kind of interesting because I'm not even a Derek Carr fan. Now, from an NFL standpoint, I love Derek Carr. I'll, yeah. I'll always be envious of here in Houston because our owner decided that we weren't yeah. even going to have him <laughs> on our draft board simply because of what they did with his brother. Yeah. And it was just such an epic fail uh, from management here in Houston. And, you know, we've gotten used to it o- he over He looks pretty on TV now, though. He looks pretty on TV now. Yeah, he does. He's in he's in really good shape. I was gonna say he looks yeah, like that's true. Yeah. I, I, I don't see Derek Carr as being uh all these people that have him in their top ten. I just don't see it. I don't see how he's gonna get better and what's gonna happen for the Raiders that um w- after bringing in Marshawn Lynch that's gonna have him take that next step in his fantasy game. But regardless, I still thought that he was a fourteen or fifteen dollar quarterback. So I actually threw his name out moderately early in the draft and uh I ended up getting him for nine bucks, which uh again came in way below 
what, what what I had him budgeted for. So I gladly uh, became a uh, car fan, I guess, uh, in in the short term. But but you know, that, I know we'll get into that in a little while here. But that just goes to the show with uh, throw out guys. You're you're simply maybe not necessarily enamored with, but you'd be okay with having it. And uh, there's just that little early stretch of an auction where people are a little scared to spend the money. So uh, that's where you get it, it most of your values. Yeah. Sitting, sitting on their uh, wallets for sure early. Um, Blister during the last mock, did you have a position there that you were looking to target? I know on these mocks, it's good to practice your various budgets. Yeah, I did. But when I couldn't get logged in in time, I ended up oh, yeah, right, right. And then I can't remember who the second player they bought me in a, Killed about half of my budget or 70% of my budget. So then I had to go with, uh, plan B. So I was looking at the team and I ended up, it was a two quarterback mock and, um, you know, I didn't end up mining my team. I ended up with Eli and Cutler as my quarterbacks. But when I got David Johnson, I went after Melvin Gordon because I thought he was a good price. Um, so I thought it was pretty solid at one and two, which then left me with my starting receivers were Garcon, Sneed. I got Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> in my flex. So they, they're not your, your big studs by any means, but, yeah. um, I had to, you know, I, I couldn't, I had to spend so much on running backs. I had, that's where I had to take a hit. So I can't even remember what I was going to do by the time I got it logged in. I was so frustrated that that's just, I went with the flow and it was only a mock. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Two things there, uh, slim. Number one, I can't believe blister decided to keep trying and actually got on. I thought he was quitting for <laughs> sure. The way those texts were coming across, uh, he is, he is out of here. Uh, yeah. number two though, slim, uh, anything that you saw that you were targeting, in that particular uh, mock, um, not really targeting. I think my my was uh, my path was a little bit set early on. I I bought Antonio Brown early for sixty bucks, um, which then kind of led me down this path of okay, maybe essentially call it RB zero, where I knew I was going to have to go a little bit cheaper there because I still wanted to get decent wide receivers. I ideally was going to try and pair Antonio Brown with somebody. Um, like an AJ Green or a Jordy Nelson. Um, but they kind of went for more than I thought I could spend at the time. Um, so I, I ended up getting uh, guys like Terrell Pryor, Crabtree, and Devontae Adams. Um, mainly because I thought they were going for a little bit cheaper than they should have. I mean, like Devontae Adams went for 15 bucks and I have Devontae Adams ranked. I, I want to say he's just outside. I don't know. I'm, pulling him up right now. Uh, I think he's like my wide receiver 13 or 14, maybe something like that. Yeah. 14. So I thought, you know, if I could get um, three, two or three more guys inside of my, you know, top 16 wide receivers there, I'd have four guys that I really felt good about and maybe to go a little bit cheaper at running back. Um, I grabbed guys like Mixon and Spencer Ware and stuff like that. But, uh, um, on the whole, I didn't mind it. It wasn't necessarily what I was planning on doing. I kind of wanted to dabble with going a little more RB heavyish, but in a, you know, I wasn't going to pay up for David Johnson or anything like that, but, uh, it worked out okay. Um, and to go back to what I think Jody said, like, that, uh, car thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not personally that high on car this year either, but, um, hey, everybody's got a price, right? And if they're going for cheap enough, then, you can come on my team. And I, so I love, you know, if someone's just sitting there, you, you might just have to go and pluck them like you did there. I, so I applaud that. That's, that's a good strategy. 
Well, and Jody and I like that too because all of a sudden now you're sitting, you had them at about twelve or whatever it was, and you got nine or ten bucks now that you can save and you know pump somewhere else onto your team. Well, I was able to get both my quarterbacks for fifteen dollars, and I thought that was pretty great. Unfortunately, awesome. the QB two for me was uh, Ryan Tannehill, so obviously that's <laughs> going to be that's going to be potentially problematic. Fortunately, uh, Carr's been really, really uh, healthy, so. You know, it might only affect that one week, and you know we still don't know for sure if Tan Hill's missing the whole season. Doesn't look good when you go and spend uh, ten million dollars on Jay Cutler. It's not looking good. So, yeah. and unfortunately, this is a you know this is a magazine, obviously a best ball auction. So, uh, if Carr were to go down, then that's you know going to end any chance that that <laughs> team had of. of Making the playoffs, but it was interesting earlier. You brought up uh, Melvin Gordon. How I would love to have started off with uh, David Johnson and Melvin Gordon. But what I thought was interesting about that auction is uh, I'm high on Gordon uh, at this time, and maybe even still right now. I had him as my number four running back again, the standard yeah. versus uh, a PPR. Yeah. But uh, I was able to get Gordon for significantly under his budget. I got him for uh, thirty-one dollars. And I was uh, pretty happy with that because I had him uh, five or six bucks higher than that. And then I watched five of the six guys that I had below him, which is uh, Leonard Fournette, um, Devontae Freeman, Todd Gurley, uh, Jordan Howard, all those type of guys um, yeah. I actually had below him, and all of them went for more money than I got for Gordon. So that me being a little bit aggressive and nominating him early and and – Keep plugging away one dollar at a time. That worked out great because, like I said, uh, five of the six running backs that I had below him in my projections went for more money than him. So I, I, I thought that was a really good uh, value. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. We have him consensus as our uh, RB three um, right now and latest on ours. So we're we're high on him too and a little and a little bit scared of. Uh, Did you lift Zeke him ahead of uh, Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's our consensus. Uh, as soon as Elliot, if the news comes out that he's going to miss, I don't know, say two games or more, then yeah, that's uh, that's that's what you got to do. Boom. So um, he's a value in that draft right now. What are you seeing um out there across uh, whatever mocks or if you're doing MFLs or whatever that is? Um, is there some areas you're seeing that there are values heading into your drafts? Jody, sorry. Well, of course, you know there, there's there's values everywhere. Um, there's something to be said about grabbing a running back like Melvin Gordon or David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, whoever you really really love. Uh, you know, grab you an expensive back uh, early on, and then because to me, there's plenty of value in that say third or fourth tier running backs. These guys like uh, Carlos Hyde, who's gotten a bad rep, but I'm still uh, moderately high on myself. I'd be more than happy to scoop him up. C.J. Anderson. Alvin Cook, all these kind of guys, uh, maybe even uh, the, the next tier down, you're looking at guys like Paul Perkins and Amir Abdullah. These are guys you can probably get for uh, moderately cheap, and yeah. they have a lot of potential to me. These are guys that are, when they're healthy, they're, they're going to be 15-plus touch running backs. And if you can if you can spend a lot on, on say, your starting running back and, and fill up the next two or three slots with guys like that, I think that's a mm-hmm. tremendous uh, strategy because that allows you to go ahead and spend a lot more money on those more proven, more safe wide receivers like A.J. Green and Antonio Brown, all those kind of guys. It's not that hard. If you're able to shave a few bucks at, at your RB2 and RB3 slot, it's not that hard to actually uh, load up all your money on 
your wide receivers. Now, of course, with that caveat, you're going to have to lay off tight end, uh, yeah, which yeah. is something that I almost always do. And, and, you know, one of my favorite draft strategies is just throwing out those uh, Jordan Reed and Rob Gronkowski names right yes. around maybe in the first uh, quarter to one-third of the draft when people still have money and you're starting to see that first panic as, as some of the studs are going off the board. Throw out those guys you're not really interested in and watch watch people spend uh, – you know, over over what they should on these positions, yeah. and you just sit back and you know what? I'll, especially in the PPR league, I'll go ahead and throw out my four dollar bid on Jason Witten, and uh, I'll be just fine. Yeah, for sure, Blister. Uh, in the uh, mock the other night, they're just sitting there watching and looking for values. I had uh, Narinsky sitting beside me, so I was a little bit distracted. But um, uh, sitting there late with my one dollar guys, there it was. I saw tons of value sitting there in the list, but I was so scared on how and when to nominate to get those value guys that may be at the dollar, my bat max bid being three and looking through everybody's rosters and seeing, well, oh, blister still has eight bucks with four slots to go. What, a, what am I going to do? And I was holding on a guy like Cole Beasley, who I think can easily, you know, uh, be a startable every week for you. Um, and then I waited and waited and finally I got him. Like, was there any values on that particular um, go round on Monday Monday night that you saw? No, just kidding. Thanks. I had a six hour there. build up. You unmuted your mic and then. <laughs> uh, just screwing with you. Yeah, there was a lot. I thought there was a lot more than normal because most of the guys blew so much of their money uh, yeah. basically on their starting lineup, and uh, so much was spent again on quarterbacks. So I thought there was a ton of value left and. You know, I, I I just think back to the past. Yeah, I think it's great that you can get some value, but I don't think you should wait and just rely on all the value guys that are at the end, like your Garcons and Sneeds and those guys, hoping they're going to carry your team. It's nice to have a stud to to be the backbone and then hang your have some on, of these yeah. guys in there because you know I've seen it before where you get a lot of these guys, but there's just they're, they're just not enough to put you over the edge from one week to the next sometimes. So yeah, I think you know it's worth spending your money, but again, it, it's all relative, I guess, to each draft, to the scoring, to the guys you're playing against, because everything you know changes. I, I think you know, for example, this year in our auction, our big one, the, um, you know, I'm probably going to be more willing to spend extra money on running backs than I am on receivers this year. And it, that'll be the first time I felt that way in the last few years, but it's just a slight tweak in the scoring. And, and I think I see them being more valuable. So it, you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. And slim, like I saw some values. I was really happy with uh, Matt Stafford for, I think I got him for 10 bucks in that two QB. Um, perennial top 10 guy, uh, especially in the, in the 2QB. I was happy with that. And there's guys like Jody was mentioning with the, you know, the Amir Abdullahs and those guys that I think are going to find you lots of value this season. Well, yeah, I think definitely a couple of those guys are going to hit and he's right. I, I think either you, you know, you maybe spend on one running back and then you just throw some darts with some of these guys that have some upside and you hope to, Maybe you find that this year's Jay Ajayi or something like that, and you're you're probably you know got a very good shot at winning your respective league, or you just smash all these early wide receivers. You you leave with Julio and uh, AJ Green or something, and then you just kind of go a little bit more RB zero. Um, yeah. So those are probably the two most common things I'm 
debating right now at this and when I'm tweaking things is, you know, do I want to spend on one running back and then kind of, you know, does it hamper me at wide receiver? Do I just want to try and crush my first tier wide receivers, especially if you can get a value there, like uh, on one of them. But um, I would love to leave a draft with, you know, Odell Beckham and Julio Jones or something like that, because I think those guys to me offer a lot of, I don't want to call it upside, I guess, because we know they're going to be good, but I think that they could finish one and two in a lot of uh, different range of outcomes. They could be the top two fantasy wide receivers this year with the offenses that they have. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's a few guys that could break out down there. It's it's maybe hard to find. Could it be a rookie? I know I found myself getting a lot of Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon in that situation just because uh, why not? I mean, I think that they have as much potential as some of those other guys um, to do that. So, yeah, I think it's quite a range. And I find, too, it drops off pretty significantly after that, too. So it's kind of your last stand to spend maybe that – 10 to 15 bucks um, because what you're going to get at say eight or seven can be kind of gross looking. I mean, I don't want any like Garrett Blunt, things like that. So then if I don't get anything there, then I'm uh, probably going to wait and go super cheap and try and hit on guys like uh, whether it's ProSize or uh, Duke Johnson or one of the Denver running backs potentially. Uh, maybe even Terrence West or something like that and hope that he can kind of do something the first few weeks and maybe keep Kenneth Dixon on the, on the back burner for a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's kind of no man's land in one spot. So you got to be careful. Jody, I'm, uh, listening to Slim and Duke Johnson. That is the guy that comes to mind. He's often someone I'm kind of staring at in every single draft so far just because of the value and, uh, the upside that he could bring, especially in a PPR league. Um, who are guys that, Right now, you just seem to be uh, always drafting or always uh, sitting there right in your queue. Uh, James White is a guy that I've uh, added probably to the majority of my teams, not necessarily trying to overreact to the short yardage role that he had there towards the end of the Super Bowl. It's all fresh in our minds. But it's the fact that – and and it's it's – Blatantly obvious to me that he surpassed Deion Lewis as the receiving down back. I want to say James White had what 50, 60 receptions last year. I understand today they, uh, they released a depth chart that had Deion Lewis and James White on top of it, but uh, you know, I don't buy into that at all. Now that, you know, caveat there is obviously we should all know better than to trust Bill Belichick or what they're going to do with their running backs. (laughs) But I like James White as that receiving down back. And I think right now, why it's the safest bet out of New England backfield because Mike Gillisley, he came in and, and punched in some short yardage there in the first week of training camp, but he hasn't played in a week. He's been hurt. So uh, Rex Burkhead, to me, it, you know, again, this is a guy that does everything really, really, really well. He's a special teams ace. He can block. He can catch out of the backfield, and he can run short yardage. So, uh, you know, that's something that uh, – He needs a dollar, right? <laughs> he can hey, he can take he can take carries away from Mike Gillisley too, so you know it comes with a little risk. But you know James White again is, is somebody that I find myself uh, targeting a lot. Duke Johnson I don't have any problems with, but you know he's obviously only going to be a PPR option. You get in the mm-hmm. standard, uh, he's pretty much going to do nothing for you. But what keeps Duke Johnson down is that he is kind of like the uh, Julian Edelman, Jarvis Landry of running backs, where he's just going to catch a bunch of ton tons of passes, but he just has like an aversion to the end zone, which kind of caps his, uh, you know, caps his ceiling, and, and you know it keeps him a little lower 
then you'd like to see, uh, you know, running back. It's just so weird this year because, I mean, you guys are talking about your projections and your stats, so clearly you're pretty familiar with things here. But, I mean, how deep do you go at running back where you feel really safe? I mean, 12, maybe 14, depending on how you feel about Isaiah Crowell and yeah. Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, that range of uh, the lower-tiered RB1s. Because after that, you know, there's really just a, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, Lamar yeah. Miller is maybe the last guy you could put in that top part of the running backs. But after that, you get into the Carlos Hyde's or the Eddie Lacy's, the C.J. Anderson's, these kind of guys that, yeah. you know, they really aren't safe at all because they could go anywhere from uh, – you could see them finishing as top ten running backs this year, but you could also see them falling off uh, altogether because they're in uh, really, really hard to predict situations this early on. So uh, running back dries up really, really early. That's why we've said I think a couple times that uh, I really like to leave an auction with at least one uh, superstar running back, and then you take your, you know, you take your chances later. Uh, some of the guys that that all of us have hit on here, some of those upside guys, maybe Bilal Powell is a veteran that you yeah. throw in that mix. Um, that's that's what I would favor doing because running back is just so thin this year. And, you know, it, it may be thin, but there's also so much turnover from time to time. But I feel more comfortable walking away from the auction with, like, you know, the one I've talked about here with, with Melvin Gordon. I, I was perfectly happy with that. My next running back was Eddie Lacy. And uh, at the time – I felt pretty comfortable with it. I'm starting to kind of regret it because <laughs> after that, uh, Terrence West was somebody that I spent a couple bucks on that, that you know, once, uh, once they really uh, announced that Kenneth Dixon was out for the season, I felt a little better about uh, a $2 bid for Terrence West. But after that, uh, I have some, uh, you know, some rookie running backs that I threw minimum bids out on. So I'm going to need some uh, breaks to go right to, yeah. uh, to be competitive there at, at the running back position. Right. So, um, Blister, Jody's talking right now about, you know, feeling good about attacking a guy like Melvin Gordon and his standard draft. We got a Twitter question that came in from, uh, one of Jody's tweets. So, um, at Paul Jose, J- Joseph Jr. Jose, why am I reading it that way? Um, because I'm a horrific reader. Anyways, Blister, he asked a question about this to say, uh, 10 teams. PPR Superflex, which we've been talking about a lot tonight too, a $200 budget. How are you attacking that? And we'll go around the horn here, uh, um, Slim after Blister and then back to Jody. How are you attacking that uh, 10 team PPR Superflex? Well, I think one thing right off the bat, it's a 10 team league. So there's going to be solid players on the waiver wire. You know, there, you just, there's only, there's two less teams being drafted from what we're used to being in the 12 team league. So I think I'm going to go pretty hard at my starters and, uh, not worry too much about how much I spend on my bench because the bench players are there, but there's still going to be players beyond the bench that are going to be helpful to you, yeah. these fantasy teams. So I think I'm going to spend hard on my starting lineups. Uh, again, because it's only 10 team, I think there's going to be a little bit more on the waiver wire in terms of quarterbacks and tight ends uh, versus in a 12 team league. So I'm not going to, I still can't see myself spending a pile of money at the uh, t- tight end or quarterback position because of that. So I think it's really, really important that you try to, if you can lock down a uh, top, top four running back if you could, top five, and probably one of the top six wide receivers. I think if you can do that with your team and, and target your the majority of your funds, probably I'd say, oh, 50 to 
60% of my budget, I might target to those two positions and hopefully I get it for a little bit less. But and in the 10 team league, you probably will because obviously there's that much less money out there. There's two less teams at 200 bucks. So you probably will get them for a little bit slightly better deal. But I think that's how I would do it. I'd go hard after a, a good RB1 and, and wide receiver one to start my team and save very little for my bench knowing that beyond my bench, there's going to be players on the waiver wire I can address and pick up. Good stuff, Blister Slim. What are you adding to that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I tend to agree. I mean, standard, I want, uh, one marquee running back, um, maybe even a LaShaw McCoy or something like that. If I miss out on some of those, you know, Melvin Gordons and DJs, the guys we talked about, um, you know, I'd probably be looking at spending somewhere between 15% of my budget on the quarterbacks. Um, I, I would lean towards somebody kind of, more medium priced. And again, it's knowing your league, like Jody said, you know, you play with experts, you know, the quarterbacks are probably going to be cheaper and right. you're playing with, you know, average people. They still want to spend at quarterback a lot of the time. So you're probably not going to get Rogers or Breeze, Brady, but you know, maybe Wilson slides. I've seen Cam Newton drop quite a bit in drafts. He might be a QB one that I'd go after. And then I might try and grab a guy like uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor, or, uh, Carson Palmer, somebody like that. That's probably going to go for a little bit cheaper. Uh, Andy Dalton's kind of our common, uh, yeah. streaming type cheap quarterback. So I could lock up my QBs with two guys like that and maybe I spend a buck on, uh, on maybe it's a guy like Watson or Kaiser or something that I think could maybe start. Maybe it's Pat Mahomes even. Somebody that could start hopefully maybe by mid-season. If he doesn't, eh, I drop him and I pick somebody else up or, you know, I hopefully only need them for one or two weeks just for buys and, Hopefully everyone stays healthy, but, but yeah, then I, you know, I, I want to try and get, uh, another top wide receiver. So, um, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, Julio or somebody like that, it's kind of like we, we talked about, you, you want to get a couple studs and I think there's a lot still that you can do with the depth pieces, uh, to fill out a roster and make it pretty good. And, and again, it's kind of like Jody said, I'm always going cheap at tight ends, so I wouldn't be spending much there. And so Jody, I probably should have asked you first because they probably said pretty much everything you want to say. 10T in PPR flex. Anything you want to add to that? I thought his point about waivers was, was really, really good. And I would have uh, definitely would have hit on that, but I think he covered it pretty well. Uh, interesting though with Superflex because you have two different monsters here. First you have, it's just a 10 team, which totally changes things up. Absolutely. Actually yeah. quite dramatically. It doesn't sound like it would, but it does. But the Superflex, obviously that changes things too. I'm in agreement. I would probably hold off on the top tier of quarterbacks. Uh, not really a lot of need there, especially with quarterback being so deep. You hit on Carson Palmer, one of my favorite values at quarterback. He's regularly being selected in the 20 to 22 range, sometimes even lower than that. He was really, really good down the stretch mm-hmm. last season. I want to say he was a top three uh, fantasy quarterback over the last five or six seasons, I mean, five or six weeks of the season. And keep in mind that Arizona's receiving core was just decimated by injuries last year. Uh, Palmer is really, really good, especially in the auction because he's going so cheap. But right. I would try that to, if I possibly could, I would obviously spend a little more on quarterback with it being super flex. I'd love to have uh, uh, any pair of that middle tier of the elite quarterbacks. That's uh, Roethlisberger, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Dak, Dak Prescott, all these kind of guys that are in that range. If you could somehow walk away from that auction, 
with a, a pair of those guys and, and just hammer uh, the depth at running back and wide receiver. And I think the recurring theme here is uh, just disregard tight end altogether. Um, yeah. I would really, really love that starting lineup. Yeah, for sure. Great points, guys. Um, And I like the diversity in how to attack quarterbacks in the 10-team super flex. Like, you know, Blister saying grab one guy and Slim saying that too and kind of sitting back and then Jody going, no, I'm going to go over the top because uh, um, with the $200 budget and 10 teams, right, you're gonna it's going to give you a little bit of that uh, – that play as well. Love it, guys. Uh, good stuff. That was a uh, Twitter question. So if you have uh, more Twitter questions, hit us up at Fantasy Auction. Um, Slim runs that handle, and he is uh, busy on there. He's been crushing it with uh, polls and and everything else. It was a lot of fun to watch from Japan. And uh, speaking of Twitter feeds, a shout out to the Road Warrior, who always seems to catch us live. I don't know what Dave does in the evenings that. Uh, um, our odd times of starting and uh, inconsistent days of the week that we pod, he seems to always get us uh, live, guys. I don't know if you saw his tweet come across, but he enjoyed my uh, uh, us not hitting it, and I'm in the basement laundry room. So shout out to the Road Warrior. Ric Flair! New York City, Ric Flair! You're going to find out what hard is all about! Um... Anyways, uh, so that was uh, attacking guys. Jody, who, like, are you just avoiding at all costs this year? I'll go with the theme here. Uh, I'm pretty much uh, avoiding, from an auction standpoint, I'm avoiding that top tier of tight ends because I just don't see the point or value in uh, taking, you know, spending $25, $35 on Rob Gronkowski and Jordan Reed. We're already seeing the annoying injury situations come up, but there's a handful uh, of other guys. I, I, you know, I think it's important, especially in auction to, to, you know, be flexible, uh, be willing to bend your strategy. Again, I've, I've said that I'm not a fan of, of Derek Carr fantasy value. Love him as a NFL quarterback. I just think he's a little overvalued in fantasy, but, if the money's right, then I, I tell you what, I'm not necessarily avoiding anybody. I, I'll be a fan of any player, but there's a handful of guys that, that, um, with the exception of the tight end that I, I, I probably want nothing to do with. Keenan Allen was brought up early in the show. Um, he's not somebody that I have yet to have in any format in any league, uh, whether it's dynasty or redraft or best ball. Uh, I just, I think people with, with Allen are overreacting to bits and pieces of this extremely high upside we've seen from him, but in reality, he, uh, hasn't been able to put together a, a really, really solid season in, in quite a long time. And I, I just see the weapons that San Diego potentially has added to their offense. You're talking about two capable tight ends. Tyrell Williams was a nice breakout last year. Mike Williams, if he can get healthy, just another receiver that gets thrown into the mix. And uh, people are forgetting about Travis Benjamin, who was actually slated to be their number three last year before he got hurt. It just makes me wonder uh, how Keenan Allen is going to see enough targets, and especially with someone who has lower touchdown numbers, I just don't see him paying off uh, at what he, he's being drafted. It's like he's being drafted and, and auctioned at, at his ceiling, and I don't ever like doing that. I'd rather yeah. take guys that have room to grow that are that are slightly undervalued versus paying full price for people. Right. Well, good points. Good points. Uh, Blister, who right now on uh, – your tears sheet, or are you just kind of scratching off before you even walk in? 
Uh, same with the tight ends. Yeah, I can't see myself paying that much money for the tight end. Uh, quarterback, you know, I'm, I, I never end up getting a very expensive quarterback, so that'll still be the case. And, you know, most of our leagues, it's going to be interesting this year because it is a super flex. It's probably going to run the price up a little bit more, but, uh, you know, Rogers and Brady and Breeze, guys like that are probably never going to be on my squads. Um, this year with the price, I'm probably going to, no matter what the price is on Zeke, I'm going to avoid him. Uh, I just, there's just too much uncertainty in my mind. And if I have yeah. to, you know, I still think he's going to cost right now over $50 or more. And just to not have a player spending that much money and not having that guy the whole season then kind of worries me. So those are some of the guys that I'm kind of scratching off my list right now. The guy that always used to be on my list for this was uh, Jay Cutler, but the memes with him with the dart hanging out of his mouth at the press conference, wicked. And I love that our Bears buddy Goose wants to buy a jersey. Um, I think he's going to be able to uh, sling it all over the field. I love what's going to go on over there. So that's the guy that used to be on my list. Slim, who's some guys that are on your list this year? Uh, right now, Leonard Fournette is one. Um, he just seems to be going too much in auctions. I've I've never ended up in a draft with him. Um, I like that though too because he's a rookie and you never know, right? Like that's that recency bias from Zeke. I I like that. I like that name. Great point. Yeah, well, and I don't necessarily trust that offense completely yet. I mean, mainly because of the quarterback. And again, we've talked about this on old pods. You know me, I don't necessarily like buying pieces on offenses that I feel like they have subpar quarterback play. Um, so yeah, Fournette, I think, you know, cause he's this hot rookie, um, we see this a lot in drafts. People want to spend because he's the new shiny toy. They think that he's going to just take the league by storm. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily see that. So he's kind of priced out of my range a lot of the time. Um, other than that, not a lot that I won't buy. I mean, I'm having trouble on, you know, we've talked about Lamar Miller. Uh, he's still to me going a little more too expensive than what I'd be willing to pay. Um, someone else too is Marshawn Lynch. And I don't just necessarily dislike Marshawn Lynch. Again, I just think he's getting too much hype still in drafts with people that are excited that he's back and, Yes, he plays with this good offensive line, and I think people are expecting a lot of touchdowns. I just don't know how many, and just like uh, Jody said, I feel like he's always going at his ceiling, and I don't want to buy an aging running back with, you know, he's had back issues and things. I don't want to buy a guy like that at his ceiling. Um, so I have I, he's another guy I've yet to be able to purchase anywhere. So those are three guys that right now I'm kind of still on my – I kind of just know or I'm expecting not to get, but you know, if, if they're there to value, I, I, I'd still take them and it just, yeah. I can't do it right now. Yeah. I mean, that was last year in our big auction. I've never take, uh, I never spend money on a quarterback and Cam Newton sitting there at a value and I'm going to sort of price and force, but I'm still thinking I'd take them if that's what it is. And then, I mean, he craps a bit anyway, so it doesn't help me at all, but, uh, you got to take them at value, right? And it's just what it is. And then you roll the dice. So. Um, good stuff there, guys, on uh, how to attack a draft. Guys, you're avoiding a draft. I love it. We're pushing the hour mark here, and I know that Jody's got to go. So um, uh, everybody out there, make sure that uh, if you want to support the pod, head over to your iTunes or your your pod player. Give us a, uh, um, a like and a review. That would be awesome. Head to the website, thefansfootballauction.com. Uh, check out the auction values there. Look at the members area. The memberships are starting to fly. Uh, I'm getting email notifications. Uh, well, 
tons tonight already. Uh, guys getting ready for the draft. It is August. Uh, 1495 gets you auction specific content. Um, 300 plus player auction values. Um, and, uh, you know, magazines, I, I'm resting my microphone on one tonight because uh, that's what they're usually good for. Um, especially when it comes to auction, the two pages of info that it gave me on an auction, uh, I'll just rest my mic and my beer on it. So that's good. Um, Jody, uh, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, yet another big wig that's uh, coming on the show here, guys. Uh, we got to get our acts together. Yeah, get out of your <laughs> unfinished laundry room. It's the black backdrop that's killing us. Yeah, that's why we're not uh, hitting the big time. Jody, thanks a lot for coming yeah, on, man. man. Tell, Appreciate tell it, everybody. Jody. Thank you. Tell, every, tell everybody uh, where they can find your uh, where, find your stuff. Uh, talk about your podcast, uh, whatever whatever you got to do. Sell it. I host the old school fantasy football pod that is uh, kind of uh, on hold right now as I'm working on some uh, other material and articles that are coming out. But uh, I just finished something today for Gridiron Experts. I'm actually looking at undervalued players that should be out pretty soon here. And I'll be recapping the Texans game at Texans Wire that should probably be punished Published, not published. <laughs> that should probably be slip published tomorrow along with I have a fantasy football outlook that's uh, also coming for the Texans that will be published at Texans Wire tomorrow. And, again, you'll start seeing my work at FanDuel starting uh, later on this month. And make sure you can find me on Twitter at Jody Smith NFL. Awesome Beautiful. stuff. Awesome stuff. Busy, right. busy, man. That's it, exactly. It's a busy time of year. It's getting real fun now, guys. All right, Jody, thanks again for coming on. Uh, um, we'll see you on Twitter. Blister and Slim, uh, we'll see you on the lineup, I'm sure. There's going to be a lot of, lot of buzz about having Jody on. And for everyone else, we'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming back. Thank you.